So say you have two entrepreneurs that begin at the same exact time in the same exact industry, two of them, right? They start growing their businesses. If you notice, they're growing at the same time, but then there comes the wall that they hit, the obstacle that they hit. Notice the first one has a massive drop off, the second one doesn't, and it goes bigger, and the distance between them gets wider and wider and wider. So why is that? It's because one of them knew how to handle the obstacle they faced when they hit a wall, the other one didn't. Today we're gonna to talk about nine obstacles you will face as an entrepreneur. So make sure to stick around to the very end because I'm gonna give you a PDF on today's message. So let's get right into it. Number one, creativity. When your business starts growing and you get to a point there where you become stale, everything's the same. You're no longer growing. Sometimes like, why are we not growing? One of the factors could be there's no more creative, innovative campaigns, creative strategies, next marketing campaign that comes out. It's just business as usual, and when there's lack of creativity, there's boredom. When there's boredom, people start looking all over the place. You lose customers, you lose employees, you lose agents, you lose salespeople, so you gotta get creative. Second obstacle you're gonna face is resources as far as money. Now, what do you mean by the obstacle I'm gonna face is money? Look at the two guys or the two gals that are going out as entrepreneurs. When you hit a wall, one has the money to invest back into the business in an area to help accelerate or solve the problem. The other one's been spending all the money or taking too much income out, they don't have it. They lose momentum. Resources is another obstacle you're gonna face and many different things. You may have an opportunity to buy technology. You may have an opportunity to expand and get a new C-suite executive that's gonna bring a set of talents and skill that's gonna grow your company, but if you've been spending too much money, you don't have that $200,000 to pay that C-suite executive, that is resources. So, so far we've talked about creativity and resources, now let's talk about the other obstacle you're gonna overcome, which is talent. What is talent? I was reading a book by Patty McCord called, I believe it's called Powerful, I think it's called Powerful, and I was reading this book and one side, she worked for Netflix for 14 years, and she was pretty much their chief HR, and one day one of the departments comes up and says, hey, I wanna recruit 50 employees at $50,000 because I need that support for my department. She says, why 50 at 50,000? He says, that's because that's what I need. And Patty says, what makes you think it's 50 at 50,000? Maybe it's 25 at 100,000. Maybe it's 10 at 250. Why 50 at 50? And the guy started thinking about saying, huh, it's not like you're saying no to two and a half million dollar budget. You're just saying maybe it's not 50 at 50. So you're thinking about it. As the company grew, and I was building, first, like let's just get anybody here help us out, maybe 15 bucks an hour. You know, I can afford to pay somebody 50K a year, maybe 75K a year, maybe 100K a year, but as you get bigger, the talent you need here is not gonna be able to handle it here. And the talent you have here may be good enough, but may not be good enough here. You have to constantly be increasing your talent pool. If you don't increase your talent pool, you don't know. The talent here may want to stay at this level. So you may want to have to get somebody else that wants to grow the company to this level. But if you stick with that same exact talent, they were good for this company size at a million year, five million year, 10 million year, but maybe they're not good at 50 million year, 100 million year, a billion year. You have to assess that obstacle. You can say, how come this guy doesn't want it that bad? How come you don't want to grow? Maybe they just don't. Maybe they're just happy where they are. What are you going to do? You got to go and find better talent that wants to take you to the next level. And maybe those folks will have a position in a company, just not at an executive level or senior executive level with the company. Next one is contacts. And I want to make sure you look at contacts the same way as we did with talent. Watch this. The talent pool here may have been good for this size of a business but not this size. So you either have to challenge them to see if they want to upgrade or you have to go recruit somebody else to help you get here, right? Same with contacts. Your existing contacts that you have in your Rolodex 
may have been good for here, but maybe to get to this level, you need to kind of go and add some new people to your Rolodex. Maybe to get to this level, you got to go business and add some new people to that Rolodex. So how do you do? What do you do? The other night, I was sitting down with a group of guys and they were saying, Pat, what's been your main focus lately? I said, all I'm doing from morning till night, I am recruiting executives to two companies. One is my insurance company, one is Valuetainment. All I'm doing is on the phone with people recruiting. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, it's all about recruiting. So I'm using my data pool that I have of the contacts and I'm reaching out to them, who do you know, 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 and I'm getting higher quality names for my recruiting. Why? Because there's no way in the world I can get to the next level with the existing talent that I have, okay? Very few of them will recreate themselves constantly, not everybody will. So the next challenge was gonna be, Context. Now, the fifth one is vision. Vision is on you. Sometimes you, as the leader, you're going, I was on a board call the other day with a group of uh, insurance executives that were all doing 20 plus million per year, 20 to 100 million dollars. They're doing good for themselves. They're doing very good for themselves. And we were being challenged on a lofty goal on what to do with this lofty goal, right? And everybody goes giving their ideas. And I go at the end and I say, listen, one of the challenges we're all going to face is the following. Sometimes when you're making 5 million a year or 10 million a year, you're netting two and a half million a year. You go to the right country clubs, you go to the right restaurants, you have the caviar, you have the lobster, you have the sushi, you have the sea urchin, you have the car, you have the clothes, you have the tailor, you have all that stuff that you got going on, right? Part of the clubs, part of the sport teams, part of all that stuff, who's whose parties you go to. Sometimes you lose the vision and you lose the motivation. And sometimes you're not motivating anymore. You sound like the same person 10 years ago. And it's the same exact thing. I, as a person working for you, or I'm one of the people on your team, I'm like, where is this guy's fire? I bought into your fire 10 years ago. I bought into your fire five years ago. I bought into your fire a year ago. Where is that fire? Where is that person I chose to want to run with and work with? What happened to that person's fire? If you don't snap out of it and figure out a way to get your vision back onto the next level, you're not going to stay at the same level you are. There's always going to be a dip because your talent pool that you have with your company is going to say, like, I want to run with somebody that's got a big vision. And you seem to be very content where you're at. And then I start looking elsewhere, right? Sometimes a setback is because your vision has been already filled. You got a full stomach. You're no longer thinking big enough. You start facing a big obstacle. And this one, by the way, can be very annoying if you ever go through this. Next, tech. So what's tech? Speed. To me, when I see tech, I see speed. I just see those two together. I see tech as speed and efficiency together all the time, right? So myself, four years ago, three years ago, I built my business on a software that when I first started doing business with this gentleman 11, 12 years ago, he told me this software is built for a business this size. So one day, three years ago, him and I are talking, and he says to me, Pat, I got some bad news for you. He says, what's that? I said, buddy, my software is not built for a big company the way you're going right now. I can't sustain that. I said, if you go with me for a while, I'm about to break. I'm just telling you, I can't sustain you for too long. Think about he is telling a customer, we're very good friends. He's saying, you've outgrown me. I can't even get my servers. I can't get nothing to support you. I'm just telling you, you got to do something about it. So what do I do? I look and I said, okay, my tech, I got a big tech issue. If that tech breaks apart, I got a big setback, not a small one, a very big one. What does that cost to me? Is it a million dollar cost? Is it a $2 million cost? Is it a $3 million cost? By the way, is it a $10 million setback? Is it a $100 million setback? Is it a quarter billion dollar setback? If that tech was to fall apart, to me, it's somewhere around a quarter of a billion to a half a billion dollar mistake if 
the software was to break apart. So what do we do? Immediately meeting, get everybody in, technology engineers start pitching their products, who can do it better? We go through eight weeks of the whole findings and you know the sticky pads on the conf- conference room. Every week in our conference room, we have two, 300 new sticky pads. Next week, two, 300 sticky pads. Every single week for eight weeks. Then we come out with a work order like this big. And then we go around and see how much it's gonna cost. The number came around three to five million dollars. Our man hours, their man hours, engineers, everybody, we built the software. Why? I was about to face a massive obstacle if I wasn't gonna get the tech. Now watch this, I could have been stubborn and said, oh, it's gonna be okay. Nope, it worked for this side, Mr. Bed David. It maybe won't work for this size, but it's gonna break at this side. So what do you wanna do? You have the resources, we had the resources, we had the right people, we went and hired them. Next thing you know, the software was launched, launched five months ago. Last one in the month of March, record-breaking month. Why? Because the software now works so fast versus what we had in the, back, in the past. Next, enemy, political. As you get bigger, you will have new enemies. Every time you get bigger, it's newer enemies. If you think about it right now, I actually want you to go back and think about it. Go back five years ago, who was your number one enemy in business? Go back five years ago and think about your number one enemy. Matter of fact, go back three years ago. Who was your number one enemy? Who did you go to sleep in 2018 thinking about your enemy? Go to 2017. How about 2016? How about 2015? How about 2011? Do you see how you go back? Do you even think about that enemy today? If you've been growing and you've been developing yourself, that person or business or individual should not be your enemy today. You must graduate enemies. But as you graduate enemies, new enemies show up. Some are political, some is government, some is attorneys, some is another person you're going up against, some is a market share, some want your business. You're going to face that. You cannot eliminate that. That's just gonna be happening. The only way you eliminate an enemy that you're going up against is to stay small, stay very small in a community. The smaller you are, the fewer enemies you have, but you're gonna face that. So how do you handle that? Is it going head on? Is it trying to collaborate? Are they trying to bully you around? You have to kind of stand up to yourself sometimes. Do you start creating and poking? If you poke too much, they may poke back. So maybe you don't poke, you just kind of stay focused in your business and you try to get the right people to make these things work out. This is all the different challenges you will face also with your enemies. At every level I've grown, I've had enemies. Every level I've grown. 90% of the time, I've befriended my enemies we have figured out a way to make it work, and those 10% that we didn't, we just couldn't do it. We had to go head on. There's nothing we could do about it until eventually you graduate, and some of them will stick around for a very, very long time, and some of them will pretty much go away and say, you know what, I don't want to compete with you directly. I'm going to go this way. Or you say, I don't want to compete with you directly. This is my market. This is your market. We don't even have to compete against each other. We go two separate ways. But you're going to be facing this. Unfortunately, most entrepreneurs and business owners do not know how to handle this, and this gets a lot of people to go out of business. Eight, culture. You're growing your business. Things are going good. All of a sudden, you're like, man, how come we are, we are flattened out? What's going on here? What is it? You can't figure it out. I, I can't even feel it anymore. What, what's going on? People are not excited anymore. What happened to this company? Well, your culture, either there is no culture, either the culture used to be a nice culture to be around, but the culture's gotten boring. Maybe you're not around anymore. You've given up the culture to somebody else, and they don't know how to continue the culture that you create at the beginning of the company. So this culture is not helping you attract the new talent, the right talent. This culture is not getting the right people to want to come work with you. This culture is not allowing you to raise more money. This culture is not creating the place where it's very creative. Why? You got to go back and ask the culture. 
You're responsible for it if you're the entrepreneur. And last but not least is reputation. I had issues when I was small. As I got bigger, I still had issues. And I got bigger, I still had issues. This is never going away. Today especially, anybody and everybody can say anything they want about you. How do you handle that? Years ago when I started creating content, eight years ago, the number one reason why I created content, the number one reason why I created content wasn't because I wanted to be a YouTuber, wasn't because I wanted to make money off of you, it wasn't because we were, it was simply because if you and I were gonna do business together, I wanted you to say, huh, let me see this guy here, what is this guy? I go on YouTube, Patrick by David, let me look, why wow, I like what he says, huh, interesting. I actually like what he stands for. I like the way he does interviews. I like the way he talks about business. I like his values and principles. We match together. You know what? I want to do business with him. Or you'd go look at him and say, I just don't like this guy. He's too much about capitalism. He's all about entrepreneurship. I don't like him. I don't want to ever do business with this guy. No problem. But it became a filtering process. You know what's the one rule about this? I'll give you a few challenges. Okay. One time we had a customer. Very interesting story. We're a year around in the business. I start doing what I'm doing. This one guy, all of a sudden, I notice everywhere he's commenting. He's commenting this, he's commenting this, commenting this, okay? And then one day I'm like, I, I'm just gonna call this guy. So I'm like, hey, give me his number, Tikran. Tikran gets his number, I call him up. I say, hey, John, how you doing? Good, who's this? Patrick Bay David. Patrick Bay David? Yeah, Patrick Bay David. I said, look, did, did we do something? Sounds like you're upset with me or somebody. Tell me what I did to upset you, because I'm curious. And then he says, uh, well, let me tell you something. All you think about is capitalism. Money doesn't rule the world. It's not all about money. It's about this. I said, okay, so tell me what you believe in. He says, I believe in communism. I said, you believe in communism? Yeah, I said, great. I was raised by a communist. What do you like about communism? We had a 45-minute conversation together. Okay, you know what happened after the 45 minutes? He said, you know what, Pat? I said, what's that? He says, I had a different idea of who you were. I appreciate you calling me. Just the fact that you heard me out. I appreciate that. We had a good banter together. I said, yeah, no, no problem, cool. Here's my number. If you want to keep in contact with me, I'm just glad I had a conversation with you. I thought something really happened where you were upset, where apparently what upset you is the fact that I believe in capitalism. Yeah, look, I got my philosophies, you got yours. I think what good thing that came out of this is we had a good banter. Yeah, absolutely, ha, 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 we got off the phone. Seven years later, you guy calls me, we had a good conversation. Remember seven years ago when I called you? Yeah, I'm an entrepreneur now, right? I mean, the whole story with life changes. What's the point? One phone call, one phone call. We had an issue where the phone call wasn't made. It dragged out for 12 months just because of one simple phone call. I had a call yesterday with one of my guys. We're having a conflict with this person here, with this customer here. I said, when did the conflict start? Two weeks ago. I said, when did you reach out to the customer? We haven't yet. I said, you've had a conflict with a customer. You haven't reached out. No, we're thinking about reaching out on Monday. So what are you talking about on Monday? Call the customer today, right now. Like when the conflict happens, call the customer. Ask them, hey, Mary, John. Sounds like I did something that upset you. Can you please help me know what it is? Because I don't know. You know what upset me? What upset me is the fact that, perfect. You know what? I am so sorry. I wish I knew this. It's totally my fault. I apologize. I'm going to work on this area. Aside from this, did I do anything else that upset you? No, nothing. This was it. Well, I'm glad to know. Well, how about this, John and Mary? What? If I work on this area and I'm able to follow up with you to provide you with ABC, are you good with moving forward doing business together? Yeah, sure. I just want to let you know, everybody I've ever done business with, we've always had some kind of a differences at one point. There's always been a conflict with my marriage, with my best friends, with my business partners. But once we're able to overcome that and move forward, that ends up becoming one of the best relationships I have. I'm open to it if you are. You know what, Patrick? We like your approach. We're open to it. Wonderful. 
if you need to get a hold of me, John and Mary, this is my phone number. Is it, is it okay for me to call, John, uh, call Bobby for them to continue the process? Absolutely. Thank you. Again, if you need anything, call me. I'm going to call Bobby. Bobby should call you in the next 30 minutes. Excellent. Right. I call Bobby. Bobby, I just spoke to him for 45 minutes. Call John and Mary. Half the battle with reputation and credibility is instant follow-up to address the issue. You have to know that you can't please everybody. You cannot please everybody. I'm in the insurance industry. I can't please the fact that only 10% of people pass their license. I can't please everybody that this is not an easy industry to be a part of. But I can do enough for the market to say, I actually like doing business with this person. Again, the bigger you get, the more this is going to be. The smaller you are, the smaller this is. The bigger you get, the more resources you need. The bigger you get, the more creative you need to get on the inside. The bigger you get, the better talent you need. The bigger you get, the stronger context you need. The bigger you get, the bigger the vision needs to be, the clearer needs to be. The bigger you get, the better tech you're going to need. The bigger you get, the better you'll need to be with enemies. The bigger you get, the more your culture is going to matter to have a high retention. And the bigger you get, the better you need to get at dealing with people who don't like the way you do business because your credibility is on the line and your reputation is on the line. So having said that, these were the nine obstacles you're going to overcome as an entrepreneur. If you want today's message in PDF, text, huh? Uh, let's say reputation. It's a tough word. Text reputation to 310-340-113 to once again text the word reputation. You see it on the screen to 310-340-1132. And if you're not in the U.S., you can go in the description below, subscribe to our newsletter. We'll send you today's PDF. And if you enjoyed today's uh, video that I uh, talked about, Nine Obstacles to Overcome as an Entrepreneur, I did a video a few years ago titled, How to Improve Your Work Ethic. If you've never seen the video, How to Improve Your Work Ethic, this was probably four or five years ago. It's one of my favorite videos I ever put up. It's a very important topic. Click over to go watch that video. And if you've not subscribed to the channel, Please do so. Thanks for watching, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.